morning, good evening, and good afternoon. I hope you guys have been having a fantastic Christmas and holiday break. I know I have. And my God, is it good to be back. I mean, I swear, it felt weird not recording an episode every week. I actually got to relax, enjoy some family time, especially sometimes with my dogs. I mean, honestly, that was the be- one of the best parts. Not to mention, I got to go to a wedding. So I definitely had a lot of stuff going on during break and I cannot wait to see how 2024 is going to be treating me and everybody else although I will say 2024 is already starting off on an interesting note I mean out of all the things that happened in the first few days of 2024 Stephen Hawking being trending on Twitter and every social media was not on my list heck I don't even think it was on anybody's list but anyway you're here now we're about to talk about nerd stuff and let's go ahead and jump right in. Now, during the break, I was actually able to catch up on a bunch of different stuff. Old comics, I never got to read TV shows, and I finally got to see some good movies. One of the best movies I've seen during my break was Godzilla Minus One. Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm not really a big Godzilla movie fan. I remember the first time I was introduced to Godzilla was through the 1990s American film, which to me was pretty good in my opinion. Now, again, I was just a kid when I saw that. I saw it a couple of times, and for me, it was just entertaining because before then, I didn't really know who Godzilla was. I just knew he was a huge lizard. And I mean, looking back at the 90s version, the American one, it's just good nostalgia for me. Now, I get that a lot of people do not like that version, and I respect that opinion. For me, again, before I get my head cut off, it's just nostalgia. But throughout the years, I actually got to see some of the other Godzilla films. King Kong versus Godzilla was my other film I saw. Then I had the original Godzilla, Godzilla versus Mothra, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. I mean, it goes on and on. I mean, this man had throw more hands than any other character that I know. I mean, shoot, I think he's fought more people than freaking Superman. But anyway, a lot of those films, after seeing them, kind of got so boring. Besides, of course, the old graphics, it just felt like there was nothing really new and it's just the repeat story over and over again and honestly I didn't see why people love those films so much I mean it was just rinse and repeat Godzilla was gonna win there was some side story with some humans and blah 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 but as I got older I started to appreciate those films more and more especially compared to the uh, newer Godzilla films especially the first one back in 2014 they just didn't really do a good job with that one I get what they were doing but it just they just need to show a lot more Godzilla and in recently which is interesting is that Japan came out with a new Godzilla film which was Godzilla minus one and the one thing that was interesting about this it wasn't like a Godzilla we knew it was kind of like a reboot adaptation of the original Godzilla with some new story elements and everything else and I wanted to give it a chance because it was fully Japanese and had nothing to do with the American version. So in my head, I was like, you know what? Who can do it better than the original people who did Godzilla? And the movie, uh, the film Godzilla Minus One takes place right before the end of World War II and about three or four years after that date. And the main character is a kamikaze pilot who is scared to perform the duty he was tasked with. And that is understandable. I mean, if you're told to literally drive your plane into a ship 
to suicide yourself, I mean, anybody would be scared too. So in the movie, this guy goes to a mechanic base claiming that his stuff is faulty. While they're there, they're instantly attacked by Godzilla, who seems to be a baby. And he's not mutated. And the one thing I liked is that the film took no time introducing Godzilla, something the American version took too much time to do. Now, Godzilla, of course, being Godzilla, just completely wrecks the entire base and kills almost everybody but two people. One being Kaiochi, the pilot, and the other guy being the head of the mechanic group, I'm probably going to butcher this name, Tachibamba, or Chachibane, or is it? Tachibana. I'm just going to go with Tachibana. But anyway, the movie basically follows the life of Kyochi and basically how after the war, he's looked upon as disgraceful for not fulfilling his duty as a kamikaze pilot. And a lot of times, if you read a history book, a lot of, the, of these pilots who survived, who were originally drafted as kamikaze pilots, were looked upon on shame because to the Japanese people, they felt like if they actually performed their duty, they would have turned the tide of the war, which honestly wouldn't have made a difference because by then, America had already developed the atomic bomb, which we had used on two Japanese cities. So even if these kamikaze pilots, and if you look at the big picture, wouldn't really have made that much of a difference, especially after the bombs were used. Because we didn't deliver the bombs via ship, we did it via plane. But anyway, uh, uh, the actor who plays the main character does an excellent job at portraying a desperate and lost soldier who is at the end of his rope. And not to mention with the introduction of a kid and a person who's supposed to be his love interest. It was actually kind of nice, especially the chemistry between the two. Honestly, they were the best part about the movie. But the movie introduces likable characters as well, which is refreshing because the human aspect of these monster movies are universally not done well. They're either lifeless or they're just annoying. They're just there to make a checkbox. Female character, character who's supposed to joke all the time, blah, blah, blah. They don't have personalities. When it comes to Godzilla Minus One, all of these guys have personality and charm. I mean, you had Kenji, uh, again, I'm going to butcher these names, uh, Akat uh, Akitsu and Yuki. All these guys are just simple characters trying to just survive and live life. Their hope fills you with enthusiasm since they're not trying to save the world, but just survive in a post-war Japan. There's no end of the world, nothing. These guys are just trying to survive. And it just brings out better characteristics than just, oh, we got to save the world and blah, 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 blah. Now, they did still with the original movie and the original story with how a nuke test gone wrong made Godzilla or mutated him, which makes sense because he was already big to begin with and the nuke and the nuclear energy just made him stronger. And I'm not going to lie, the graphics in this movie were amazing. I have seen a lot of Japanese films and by God, do they kind of suck with the CGI. I don't know what they did different, but it's just really cool to see Godzilla as terrible terrifying and not to mention they made him the actual villain a lot of these movies make Godzilla into a hero and I'm like okay I get that but wouldn't it be cool to have Godzilla being his old self being the villain that we all love to hate this movie definitely did that and I loved it and the one thing I loved about this movie as well is that the main character isn't portrayed as a hero he's portrayed as someone who's just desperate who wants to survive who's willing to sacrifice at all but he doesn't 
see himself as a hero. He just sees himself with someone with survivor's guilt, that someone who doesn't feel like he should have survived. And again, the actor portrays all this so well. And during the movie, the one thing I loved was how desperate everybody was like i guess in the second godzilla the american version people were desperate but it just felt like there was always an answer in this movie these guys felt like they were scraping at the bottom of the barrel i mean these guys weren't nuclear scientists these guys weren't like oh we have this amount of money we can do this these guys were just normal people trying to survive former soldiers former everybody with what little they had to fight back even when they brought out the big guns i mean godzilla's first use of his atomic breath oh my god i didn't think they could improve on that but the fact that he did not just vaporize a big cruiser but the atomic breath just the impact of it just throws everything like a nuclear explosion was amazing one thing i loved was how his scales actually pulled out before getting pushed back in when he was about to basically blast that thing that was amazing and that was cool and just adding some originality to something that has been done over and over again it wasn't over the top and it just makes Godzilla just look more dreadful like something you're just dreading when you see it happen that was really cool now while the movie did have its ups it did have its downside and it kind of dragged a bit before Godzilla made his next appearance especially with Kyochi's love interest trying to find a job halfway through the film so she can move out because if you watch the film in the beginning their relationship is basically just taking care of the baby after she basically found it I guess during an air raid by America or something else I'm, I'm not really too sure the movie doesn't really go into it and I'm not too familiar with um, like the Pacific side of World War II although I think I should be a lot more I think there's an Apple TV series coming out that's going to focus a lot more on the Pacific anyway moving on uh, like I said it kind of drags with this side but it the good thing about it is it's still kind of interesting not to mention how Kyochi doesn't want to take uh the girl as his wife because he's still haunted by his cowardice of not acting sooner back in the beginning when all the mechanics were getting killed and when he hesitated to fire upon Godzilla because he still has the photos of all the mechanics and their family with him all the time and he still looks upon his parents grave or uh their shrine to honor them and he just feels like he should not still be alive. And this comes into play perfectly when he decides to actually dream again before Godzilla makes his another attack. And I gotta say, uh, I re now remember what the girl's name was. It was Naroko. And it, I just love how even though that part of the story drags, it just pulls in full circle. Because while Naroko is going to work, Godzilla attacks. And the scene where he attacks is just going crazy. Especially when it comes to him just rampaging across the city. You have tanks there trying to fire upon them. Everybody's running. And you just hear that iconic theme song. You're like, yes. And when Kyochi runs and finds her after she literally survives an attack from Godzilla, you're thinking, okay, he's got her. Now they get to run and they get to escape. 
No, 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 no. Godzilla uses his atomic breath on land and you have no idea how much of the water just absorbs the blast radius when he uses it there because he vaporizes everything after the aftershock, destroying everything. And when Naroko pushes Kochi to safety, sacrificing herself, my jaw just dropped. I was like... She could have just tackled him, but the fact that she pushed him out of the way before being swept off with the debris. Oh, I hadn't, my heart hasn't dropped like that for a movie character in a while. So when it happened, I just couldn't believe it. I was in disbelief. And the fact that a Godzilla movie, out of everything, made that happen, just goes to show that Japan has a lot more to give us. When it comes to making these monster movies. Because I, I I will admit. Universal or whoever makes the American version. Cannot make that happen. Has not made it happen. They just go in way too much in the jokes. Not too much in the drama. So for this to happen with whoever directed this film. Good on them. But again. This movie goes in further about how they're trying to find a way to take care and finally put down Godzilla, but they're not getting help from the military at all. And that's actually something that I liked. But again, it was from former military that comes up with a plan, that comes up with these decommissioned ships with no guns at all and a strategy to take down Godzilla. And the strategy was pretty interesting to basically lure him to the ocean, attach these I think it was like floats to basically push him down all the way to the bottom of the sea using the pressure to basically crush him. And if that doesn't work and his body doesn't float up, use the, I forgot what it's called, to basically push him back up these water jets and basically use the pressure of going up too quickly to crush him further. That was actually brilliant. And for what little they had, I was like, maybe that's going to work. And the fact that Kyochi told them that he would lure Godzilla out to the ocean, but he would need a plane was pretty cool, especially when he asked for Tachibamba to be found so he could fix the plane. He could rig it up with explosives because he felt like it was time to bring everything into full circle. And when he was talking to Tachibamba, he told them that he planned to basically go into Godzilla's mouth and use the explosion since that was the only thing that actually hurt Godzilla. And the fact that he was ready to sacrifice himself because he had something to lose and he knew he needed to make up for his past sins, that was really cool. And during the movie, when they're implementing this plan, especially when it came to using decoys to make Godzilla use his atomic breath so he would waste it and he wouldn't be able to use it on the actual boats that had people on it was really cool. So once they implemented that plan, everybody was super worried and it was so infectious, especially when they thought they had succeeded. Everybody was cheering. Everybody was happy. Heck, I almost started cheering too. And when Godzilla just comes back up and he's healing himself, that's the other thing I forgot to say. I don't think Godzilla ever had a really fast healing factor like he does in this movie but that added another level of terrifying dread because even if you put a dent in this guy he heals like Deadpool heals that is not fun or something you want to think of when you're fighting like a three story or a 50 story or a 100 story however tall he is kaiju you don't want to see that. You want to make sure that if he goes down, he stays down. 
But the fact that after this happens and Godzilla is about to unleash a second atomic breath, wiping everybody out, Kyochi uses the plane full of explosives to fulfill his duty, but he uses the eject button that Tachibana told him to use and gets out of there before the plane lands in his mouth and basically seemingly kills Godzilla. And the fact that when he landed and he was on the boat and he got news that Kyochi was not dead... I was literally like, oh, sweet, that is amazing. I was cheering, and the fact that he ran to her, and I was super happy, and then I noticed some black veins popping up in her neck, and I was like, what is happening? And then it cuts to the credits, and I'm like, no, no, don't do this to me. This should not be happening. Like, literally, as soon as it cuts to credits, I was like, no, don't you dare. I'm like, all right, let me wait to see what the director's setting up because there's got to be an after credit, right? And you know what? The after credit was even scarier because you just see Godzilla healing himself. Now, I don't know how long it will take for Godzilla to heal himself, but it already looked like the process was starting. So whenever they make a sequel, because you know with how well this movie did, they're making a sequel, how much more powerful, how much more angrier he's going to be or how much time has passed because they're definitely going to have a lot more help this time around, especially when it comes to the American or the Japanese in itself. My guess is they're going to come up with this system of defense to fight against another Godzilla if one appears because I really hope they don't go the Jaws 2 route where they're like, oh, he will never come back. We'll never face another monster like that because if they do, it'll kind of be disappointing. Honestly, it wouldn't be a bad thing for them to introduce Mecha Godzilla or like a Mecha because you know the Jap- Japanese. They're going to add a Mecha at some point with and how well that story went and how well they developed the characters. I would love to see all of them return. But like I said, this movie was good and I really really enjoyed it and I didn't expect to the bar was set low and the only reason I went was because my dad had told me that it was a good movie and my mom agreed so I was like all right let me go ahead and give it a shot and the one thing that actually did push me along of course with their opinion was the fact that this was a foreign film this was a fully Japanese film there was maybe very little English whenever it came to the American stuff but that was very little but this was fully subbed There was no English dub and people went to see it. And I was happy for that because more and more America should be looking into foreign films because a lot of them are fantastic. I remember watching foreign zombie films like Wreck and they were really great, better than the American version like Quarantine. And it kind of makes me mad whenever America tries to remake movies now when they should just release the foreign version. I forgot what the... There's this French film, really good French film that was remade with Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart. I preferred the French version, which was 10 times better. Now, if the movie is old, like let's say The Bird Box, for example, when the bird, not The Bird Box, The Bird Cage. When The Bird Cage was first released, the original movie, which was a French film, was released back in the 70s. So doing something like that wouldn't be a bad thing, like remaking old films. I mean, given I don't think anyone would be able to recreate Nathan Page and Robin Williams' chemistry, which was 
really funny. But again, one thing I don't like is when they decide to remake a film that's not even that many years old. Like one film they're going to be releasing is Train to Busan and they're remaking it for American audience calling it Train to New York and I'm like no, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't just remake a film like that, that especially one that's not even that many years old. Train to Busan was a fantastic film and I don't even know if I want to support Train to New York. It's not going to be the same and the fact that they're going to be redoing the same exact thing is just going to be sad, especially if it turns out to be the same thing as Quarantine because honestly nothing in quarantine was different than anything from Rack. now if you look at the sequels oh yeah no two things were they both were completely different but yeah i'm glad that american audiences are looking into foreign films and they're getting a chance to flourish because again i'll give this film a 9 out of 10 even though it dragged in some parts but everything played into the plot perfectly and honestly i can't wait for the sequel but anyway, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoy. And I can't wait to tell you guys more about all the cool nerd stuff happening in 2024 and my opinions on all of it. So until next time, see you later. Sayonara. And I hope you guys are enjoying the new year. Goodbye.